has a nose for news and a face for radio. You're listening to Price's Highway, The Shortcut, with your host, Steve Price, a fun-sized podcast with the same flavor you've come to enjoy. Presented by Price Sells Homes. Don't think twice. Call Carrie Price at 615-497-3317. Carrie Price, your Williamson County real estate expert. Buckle up, Spring Hill Metroplex, and enjoy the quick trip. Hi, everybody. Steve Price here. Welcome to this special shortcut edition of Price's Highway, the podcast. I was going to save this for the long-form version of the podcast, and it'll still be there, but I was listening to this story one more time after I recorded it earlier, and I just find it fascinating. So fascinating that I wanted to go ahead and share this with you. Happened to a local couple. They've been married now for 47 years. This happened to them eight years ago on October 28th, 2012. What you're going to hear is a story about the power of prayer, a miracle, and a comforting, possibly unworldly presence in a hospital room. Take a listen. Okay, on the line, I have Ronnie and Gina. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah, good to be here. Uh, Ronnie, so this happened to your wife. Can you just walk us through that day, what you experienced? Well, basically, we got up. It was on a Sunday morning, and we went through our regular routine to get ready to go to church, and we uh, always stop at McDonald's and uh, Spring Hill, and we had, had done that, and uh, she, Gina had mentioned that uh, – she wasn't feeling good or something along the line of that. And I kind of was concerned. I thought, well, we'll go home. No, we'll go to church. So on the way, uh, she got the feeling worse. And then we had gone, we had already went through Thompson Station and had got past the Goose Creek area, you know, cut off, was heading on down 31 into Franklin. And I noticed she was having some problems breathing. Mm-hmm. So she got kind of not responsive to what I was asking her and stuff like that. So I pulled over and uh, checked her and decided I'm going to turn around and go home. So we did. The time we got back to Spring Hill, she had just totally got where she was not responding much at all and was having problems breathing. So uh, gone through Spring Hill, which is a you know a, a challenge anyway. Right. What, so what was going through your mind? Uh, I was scared. I, I thought, you know, what's going on? You know, this is you know something's not right. I'm gonna get her home and, and see, and maybe you know go to the walk-in clinic or something like that. But. As we got through Spring Hill and got through Minneapolis and was fixing to turn on Fryer Road, she just kind of slumped over. Oh I stopped at the end of Fryer Road and checked her, and she was barely breathing, and her pulse was real faint. So I just turned the car around and headed into uh, Columbia to the emergency room at Murray Regional. And, and how far uh, away is that from where you were? Uh, we're about, what, four, maybe 
four miles from the city limits of, well, as you come into town, it's probably about 10 miles probably to the, to the hospital. Okay. So, did, so did you call 911 or did you just uh, no, hit, hit, uh, hit the gas? I just hit the gas and that was, I was kind of praying along the way that, you know, Hey, there's lots of traffic lights. I got to get through that. I don't, I don't have time to, to slow down or whatever. And I kept thinking that, okay, maybe there'll be a, a policeman along the way that I can pull over and, and he can help me get to the hospital. And, but of, of course at that time, uh, there wasn't one, but I kept praying that, Hey, you know, keep these lights green, keep these lights green. And of course the first one in the town was green. And then the one at the bypass was green. I turned on the bypass and the first light on the bypass going west hit red. And I stopped long enough to check her and she was really not breathing much at all. So the light changed and I took off and made it to the, the emergency room and run in there and told the nurse or the receptionist or whatever it is sitting out front at the little desk out there. I told her to my wife, unconscious, barely breathing. So she run out with me and then she run, she said, I'm going to run in and get some help. Well, me in a panic mode, I want to get her out of the car. So I tried, and plus she had kind of fallen over towards the driver's seat. So I had was trying to straighten her up, and then I was going to thought, well, okay, I can get her out and take her in. No way. It was just total dead weight. You know, I'd always heard that, that when somebody is in that, a state like that, that you know, they always called it dead weight. Oh, yeah. Basically, she was. So the nurse by then and a couple of others come out and they got her out of the car and they were taking her in. And of course, I had to get out of the main entrance area there and park her car. So the time I got the car parked and got in there, I went in and, and the nurse that was out front took me back to the trauma area where they had her and they had her up on the the, the table and they were cutting her clothes off. A brand new, a brand new top. A brand new top. Oh no. Cut in half. Do you, so, do you still have that top? No, I threw it away. You threw it away. Didn't need it anymore. I didn't know if you want it, if you use that just to kind of look back on that day or not. Well, I wish I had it, but I didn't. So there, they're doing all they can. And I mean, there's just a, a, that area was just filled. I don't know. I, you know, I, I was in a panic mode myself. I don't know how many was in there, but it, it, there was quite a few people doing everything. There was, I think, a couple cutting their clothes off. And then they were getting all kinds of monitors on her and stuff like that. And then uh, the ER doctor wanted me in there to, to hold her hand. And I think that is basically that, that, that from what I can understand from people that have passed that I've been with and stuff like that, my, my parents and stuff like that, that, that they want that touch 
you know. So I guess that's what the doctor was trying to do. But so almost telling you without telling you that this is a very very serious situation, a grave situation. Exactly, exactly. So they continue with what all they're doing, and then finally a nurse says she's not breathing on her own. So that's when they put the respirator on her. And that's when I, I, of course, I was already scared, but that pushed me to another level, I would say. So I'm trying to, to finally, you know, whisper to her and stuff like that. And plus, I'm also praying. And that, the praying part, uh, I did that continuously the whole time. It was silently, some birth, you know, that that people could hear, but it was just something that went on continuously. And then finally, uh, they decide after they sent in a neurologist, and she looked really concerned. Well, everybody looked really concerned, and she was just steadily getting you know they the respirator was was helping her breathe she couldn't breathe on her own so then they decided that okay we're going to go do a uh, ct scan and they they took her down for that and they were having to do a manual you know to keep her breathing and as they took her off on the little uh, gurney or whatever and then they brought her back and then they they decided, well, well, then the neurologist told me that uh, she took me out of the room and she said, it's, this is really serious. And I think she's had a massive stroke and it doesn't look good, but we want to do an MRI and an MRA or whatever. I don't know what that is, but. So they decided to take her down, and as they take her down, of course, they had a, a nurse with her that was doing the, the breathing for her with the, the little handheld thing. And then the neurologist came over and told me, said, I, I, I think what we're going to find is she's had a blood clot at the base of her brain, and that basically she is brain dead. Wow. <laughs> You know, that, that kind of just blew my whole world up. I'm sure it did. So what happened yeah. next? Well, they they got me in the quiet room because I was just pacing back and forth. And while I was pacing, I was praying. And they got me in the quiet room for all of five minutes maybe and I, I thought I can't stand here I can't stand here because there was there was family in there and friends of family and you know it, it was just kind of noisy it wasn't very quiet <laughs> I mean it was just to right. get everybody away yeah, well, everybody, I, everybody's I told, nervous and everybody's talking sure I understand right right so I told them I said I gotta get up and, and go to the restaurant well, that was just a ploy to get back to where I was. So I went back 
to where they had her in the trauma area. And I just stood there by the door and just leaned up against the door and prayed. And, you know, they've taken her off. And, that, you know, that's all I needed to do. And just stay there and pray and pray and pray. And just begging God to, to give her back to me. You know, going, going by what, what the, the, the neurologist can say. Well, and, and everybody there, you could tell by the expression on their faces that it wasn't going to be good. So, finally, I just said, hey, God, it's, you know, whatever your will is, she's in your hand. And that's when I give it up. I just basically gave it to him and said, you know, whatever your will is, that's the way it's going to be. But I'm asking for her to be okay. So after you did that, how did you feel? I felt awful. I mean, after you gave, after you gave that to God, you know, did, yeah. was there any, like, sense of resolve or anything at that well, point? Well, yes. When I finally gave it up to him, I was at peace that, okay, this is your will, and whatever happens will be okay. You know, either way, it'll be okay because it, I, I'm in your peace. I've given it to you, and... That's, that's all I know. There's nothing I can do. So that was your first comfort in the past, I don't know, how how many hours were, since she had uh, taken ill? What, probably oh, about two no hours, idea. two, three hours? I have no idea. It had been a, a couple of hours probably or okay. more. I I mean, it was just, time meant nothing at that. Right. At that time. I mean, it's just, it's just a process that, I mean, this happens, this happens, and, and, you know, your mind is going, okay, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? You know, is, is she going to make it and all that? And time flies by, but it doesn't seem like it is, but time was, you know, of course, moving on. And I, I truthfully, at this, I don't know how long it was. Maybe I would say two to three hours. Okay, and then and that's from the time we, I had left our prior road and got to this part where they had taken her off with the MRI, and it may have been a shorter time. I, truthfully, I just don't know that part, but I just know that uh, when I finally gave it up, and and when I'm saying I gave it up, I just I knew there's nothing I can do. I don't know that there's anything the doctors can do, but I do know that if God decides that he wants this, her to be okay and everything to be okay, it's going to happen. If not, it won't. And that was, that was just the final piece. You know, I, I'm, I'm begging him and then, you know, you're going through this anxiety, but finally you get to the point, and I was leaning up against the door, and 
I just said, okay, I give it to you. There's nothing else I can say or do. I give it to you. And that's when I got the peace. And then <laughs> they, they, the neurologist and the ER doctor, I don't know where they had been, but they come walking down the hall and they looked at me and they went in this little room that had, it had windows in it and they were standing there talking and looking at me and I thought, well, they're fixing to come and tell me that she's gone. Hmm. But they had, but then the, the, the doors come open from down the hall, and here she is on the little gurney waving at me. Waving at you? Waving at me. Oh, my. And I thought, thank you, Lord, you know. He, he, he did it. He did it. I mean, he, whatever it was, and, and to this day, nobody knows what it was, and that caused this, they have ideas, but then our doctors at Vanderbilt said that they didn't believe that. And to this day, you know, we don't know what happened to her. We know that she almost died. I mean, when you can't breathe and they're having to, you know, pump you with that little respirator thing as you're rolling away to go get an MRI, and I don't know how they kept her breathing during the MRI or the, the CT scan. But the, the thing of it is, God did this. There's no way this I will never, you know, nobody can stop me from believing that. Now, why this happened or what caused it? I don't know that we will ever know, and we probably don't need to know. But it, I just know that it did happen, and I know that 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 the the, the neurologist come and told me. She said, well, "We don't know what happened. It's not what I thought. It's not what we thought it was going to be." And then, when I was in the room with her after they got her back from the MRI, she come back waving and trying to talk which she couldn't because of the tube down her throat uh, nurses were coming in and they would go this is never we have never seen anybody come back from the state that she was in so this is a total miracle wow and I mean there was one well a couple of nurses that come in and had quite a few years of service. I think I've been 20 years had been nurses. And, and they told us, they said, this is, this is a miracle. This is totally a miracle. And there was people, there was, I mean, there was nurses and, and orderlies and stuff like that. That I guess, of course, the word spread really quick and they were coming down to see it. Yeah, they wanted to see for themselves. Exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, it, it's, we all got together and uh, they finally got the, uh, the tube out of her where she could talk. And, you know, she was, she had heard somebody say that this lady is 
is, is brain dead. And of course, that will be her part that she can tell now. But I, that's that's basically what went on. And like I say, how long it took, and how many, how long we were there, I have no idea. But because, I mean, I wasn't. Time didn't mean it. Sure. At, yeah. At, at that end. Yeah. All right, Gina. Okay. You're up. This has been quite a story. So, and I'm gonna have to say I've been I've, I've been crying for this. <clears throat> it. I never was scared. Oh, I was saw that by saying that I was never afraid. Uh. When we were coming back down toward, toward home, I remember waking up in top station thinking we would ever get home. My next memory, I'm in this room with all these people and they're jostling me around and they're talking fast and they're talking to each other. And I thought, wow, somebody in this room is in bad shape. And, uh, then later on, I heard someone say her, her blood pressure is dropping. Her, she can't breathe. Her breathing's dropping. And, and then I, I just kind of tried to move, but I couldn't move. I was trying to move my hands. I was trying to open my eyes. Nothing would move. Nothing, no part of me would move. And, there was something in my mouth that was really bothering me, and it felt so big going down my throat. And uh, then the next memory, I just I do remember somebody saying she's brain dead, and I thought, oh, somebody in here is in bad shape. So you had no like, idea they were talking about you. No, I just I I. I was never alarmed. I guess I thought they were just doing this to me to part of the treatment or whatever, but I was never alarmed. And Ronnie and our daughter came in, and uh, he, uh, Ronnie was holding my hand. This is how serious I was taking this. He was rubbing my head and rubbing my bangs back. And my first thought was, man, I just washed my hair this morning. Don't miss a hair. I remember thinking that. And they were crying, and I couldn't figure out why. So you and weren't in any uh, kind of pain or anything? No pain. No no fear. I, You know, I was just maybe a little bit irritated at my situation, but no pain. And um, the next thing I remember, I'm, I'm in this machine, it was the MRI. And they're telling me, I hear them talking to the speaker saying, uh, blink your eyes. So I started blinking my eyes. And then uh, I don't remember leaving there, but I remember going down the hall and seeing my family and waving at them. 
And when I got back to the room, I was wide awake. I was, you know, there, I, there was nothing there. I was just wide awake. I couldn't talk because of the tube down my throat. But um, the, the doctor came in, will you move your feet? Can you move your feet? So I moved my feet forward. Uh, and they took the tube out. I wanted to know if Doug knew our preacher. When I found out he knew, I said, I know he's coming. You asked earlier about the time frame. We left home a little after eight. When I, I looked up at the clock, it was one thirty. when I, I came back to the room. So it had been a few hours. Yes, back to the trauma room. But that just shows how quickly everything happened and then how quickly everything turned around. But but it was a wild it was a wild thing because my sister came from West Tennessee and and she was almost here when I woke up. They they called her sometime after I got there. Um, and they decided to keep me overnight. And uh, we had lots of company. And uh, there were lots of people there that were praying over me and thanking God. Were you and, Were you confused why you were there? Do you, no. Okay. It was just no. Well, I mean, I was curious if what had happened, but I didn't feel any effects of it. So I you're sitting there pain-free. So you're, you're laying there pain-free, and yes. people are coming into your room now. Yes. And I'm in the hospital room, my hospital bed, and they're taking me back and forth and doing tests. And one nurse came before we left and said, I've never had a patient that has, has had as many tests as you have. They never found anything. Um, I will tell you about something that happened in the night that night. Uh, Ronnie was staying with me. I couldn't bear the thought of him leaving. And he was over in a, in a recliner. And, um, I had been asleep, and I think there was some light in the room, and I woke up, and I was thinking about the day, and I was just saying, thank you, God, thank you. And I felt the presence. I just, I felt something in front of me, and I remember staring so hard, just staring and staring and trying to see what it was that was in front of me, I wasn't afraid, but it, I knew it was, I knew it was a good, I knew it was a good presence, and I wanted to break Ronnie up, but I was afraid that, it, that whatever it was would leave, I didn't want them to leave, and, and I sat there, and then, <clears throat> It moved to my right. It moved to my right side, and I could I could feel it 
I could feel something on that right side. But I was afraid to look. And to this day, I don't know why I was afraid to look, but I was afraid to look to the right side to see for sure what it was. But there was something there, and it it stayed there, and and just it calmed me, and I wasn't afraid, and I just felt like it was Jesus or one of the angels coming back to check on me or let me know, hey, you're going to be okay. Uh, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that God does that. And then we just got out of the hospital later on the next day, and life went on as usual. So no health problems since regarding no, anything like that? No, not from that. They have, all of my doctors have looked. I have a neurologist. They have looked at my, my tests. They looked at all the records. They couldn't see anything in there. They don't know what happened. What do you think happened? I've never thought about it. I really never thought about what happened. I just or don't or why? Happened. Why do you think it happened? I think that that God placed me there in that hospital for a reason. He He placed me there with those people for a reason. Maybe it was because of something somebody was going through or whatever. But but then he wanted me he wanted me to stay around. Obviously. Uh and you know, I I don't know if there's some great something I'm supposed to do that I wonder about that a lot. Am I doing whatever he brought me back to do? And uh, I don't have that answer. Well, another thing, how he ended up at Murray Regional instead of Williamson Medical Center ER, because I was actually closer to Williamson Medical Center than I was Murray Regional when, when I turned around to come home. And she was in pretty bad shape then, but it didn't even cross my mind to say, hey, maybe we should just go on and, and rush to Williamson Medical Center. So as far as asking, you know, that's that's something both of us have tried to think about was all of the circumstances that went on with this. What was, what was going on? What was wrong with her? And how did it just, instantly go away when when you know when you're in a trauma area those doctors and nurses and stuff like that they don't have really i think second guesses they have a pretty good idea of what's going on and then it to be a total reversal you know was this something that was meant for somebody there was it meant for somebody in our family to see how God works? Or was it meant for one, either one of us to see that, hey, you know, do you believe, do you have the faith? That's that's something I've always wondered, and I've, 
I don't know that I'll ever get the answer, but I just know it happens. And, and that's, you know, it, it's, it's just, well, it, it was a miracle. Well, I'm sure it strengthened your faith from that day forward. I, and I can't stress enough the calmness that I felt when I was in that situation. When I would wake up, when I would, when I was getting consciousness, uh, I had a nurse tell me that the, the hearing is the last thing to go and I was hearing things. Uh, but, but I was never afraid, never. Now I hear from, from some people in their stories that they, they see a light, they hear music, they, uh, they see family members. Uh, did any of that happen to you? during this no. entire time? No. J- just a, a peaceful feeling? Yes. Wow. Yes. It's, it's calmness. Well, what an incredible story. And uh, Ronnie and Gina, thank you so much for sharing that with us. You're welcome. So that was Ronnie and Gina's story. Was that not incredible? Do you believe in the power of prayer? I do. Do you believe miracles can happen? I do. I know they do too. They lived it. And we just heard it. Well, that's going to do it for this Prices Highway Shortcut Edition. Thank you so much for joining me. And as always, stay safe out there and buckle up. Like what you're hearing? Smash that subscribe button and get the podcast delivered to your favorite podcast platform as soon as it's posted. Plus, join the community on the Prices Highway Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Prices Highway. Prices Highway, the podcast is presented by Price Sells Homes. Don't think twice. Call Carrie Price at 615-497-3317. Carrie Price, your Williamson County real estate expert.